This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. One of the great debates that always pops up during and after Holy Week, and especially during Lent and again after, is the debate on the liturgical reforms, not of the Novus Ordo, but of what led to the Novus Ordo, the 1955 reform of the Holy Week liturgy, which simplified the liturgy of the church, so the proponents say. And truthfully, it was a simplification. The Holy Week liturgies became much more simple and much more, I don't want to say accessible, but they were became very different. And the man behind those reforms was Archbishop Anibale Bugnini, the same man who 15 years later would reform, quote unquote, reform the Novus Ordo Missae, or give us the Novus Ordo Missae, leading to the abolition or attempted abolition of the traditional Latin Mass. The 1955 reform was authorized by Pius XII, and some call him a liturgical destroyer, which is, I don't think, fair. Today I have for you a letter from Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano on that the liturgical reform of 1955. And in it, he talks about how, in his estimation, that reform and the reform that came later with the Novus Ordo was a destruction of the sacred and a making things banal. Now, this is interesting because he actually just explicitly says that when you look at the question and what the purpose of the liturgy is, it's hard to escape that what he says here is that when you examine the question, the end result will should be an end to the Novus Ordo Missae and an end to the 1955 liturgical reform. And I'll let you decide that for yourself if he's correct or not. But here's Archbishop Vigano chiming in on one of the more arcane and frankly nerdier questions among traditional Catholics, but just because it's arcane and maybe slightly nerdy to most people does not mean it is a valid, is not a valid thing for us to be discussing. So without further ado, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. The letter of Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano commenting on the liturgical changes and how the change to the Holy Week liturgy that resulted in the 1955 through 1962 reforms led to the Novus Ordo Missae. Dear Sir, I thank you for drawing attention to the abbot's question regarding the reform of Holy Week. I agree with him that it can indeed be considered a kind of trial balloon with which the architects of the later conciliar reform introduced a whole series of modifications, in my opinion totally questionable and arbitrary, in the Ordo Majoris Hebdomedae in force until then. I would even say that these modifications may have seemed almost innocuous, albeit brainless, because the mind that had originated them had not yet revealed itself, either with the reform of John XXIII or with the much more devastating reform inaugurated by the Constitution Sacrosanctum Concilium and then further exasperated by the Concilium at, at Esquandem. But what for a parish priest in 1956 might have seemed to be a simplification dictated by the need to adapt the complexity of the rites of Holy Week to the rhythms of modernity, and which was probably presented as such to Pius XII himself, concealing its disturbing meaning, 
acquires in our eyes a very different meaning, since in we see at work in it, first of all, the carefree mentality of the modernists and of the students of the never sufficiently depreciated Renouveau liturgique, and secondly, because we recognize in the choices of supposed simplification of the ceremonies the same ideological approach as the most daring innovations of the Novus Ordo. Finally, among the protagonists of the reform of the council are the protagonists of the reform, promoted to the highest offices precisely because of their notorious aversion to the solemnity of worship. It is difficult to think that what they initiated between 1951 and 1955 was not conceived as a first step towards the upheavals provoked less than 20 years later. Certainly, the air one breathes in certain parts of the riot of Pius XII, I am thinking of the Pater Noster, recited by the celebrant and the faithful, for example, is the same one we find in the Novus Ordo. One perceives there that strange and unnatural something that is proper to works that are not inspired by the Lord and that are clearly human, permeated by a rationalism that has nothing truly liturgical about it, but rather reeks of the Gnostic presumption that Pius XII rightly condemned in the immortal encyclical Mediator Dei. It is surprising that those same errors providentially condemned in 1947 have managed to resurface in the very reform he promulgated. But let us not forget that the pontiff was of advanced age and sorely tried in body and soul by the recent world war to include Pius XII in the list of the destroyers of tradition would therefore be as unjust as it would be ungenerous. Having made these clarifications, it remains to be evaluated whether the same exceptions apply to the right promulgated by Pius XII with the decree Maxima Redemptionis Nostra Misteri of November 16, 1955, as those raised for the Novus Ordo Misse promulgated by Paul VI with the Apostolic Constitution Massale Romanum of April 3, 1969. Or rather, since the motu proprio Samorum Pontificum recognizes that Catholics have the right to make use of the former right because of its ritual, doctrinal, and spiritual specificity. Since the modu proprio does not enter into the merits of an evaluation of the orthodoxy of the Novus Ordo, but is limited to a question, so to speak, of liturgical taste, can we extend this principle also to the rites prior to John XXIII's modu proprio rubricatum instructum, and to the decree maximum redemptionis nostra mysteria itself, expressing our quote-unquote preference for the so-called rites of Pius X? This is actually a provocation. In the first place, because I do not share the coexistence of two forms of the same rite in the Church of the Roman Rite. Secondly, because I consider that the Reformed Rite has serious shortcomings, and certainly favors herism, making my own denunciation of Cardinals Ottaviani and Bacci, as well as that of Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre, and I am convinced that the Novus Ordo should simply be abolished and forbidden, and the traditional rite declared as the only Roman Rite in force. From this point of view alone, in fact, I believe it is possible to canonically quote-unquote challenge also the order Hebdomade Sancta Instatoris, and, if we want to be punctilious, also the modu proprio Rubicatum Instructum, especially because of its approach, consistent with the Novus Ordo and its evident break with the imposition of the previous Massale Romanum. Now, given the vocatio legis in which we find ourselves, I believe that if the priestly fraternity of St. Pius X considers it legitimate to refer to the Missal of John XXIII because it recognizes in all the later reforms that led to the Missal of Paul VI the same malicious mind. For the same reason, of a mainly prudential character, it could apply the same principle of the reform of Holy Week, even if it, in it 
as in the Missal of John Twenty-Third, there is nothing heterodox or remotely prone to heresy. I believe that this was the reason why Bishop Lefebvre chose the 1962 rite. On the other hand, having a juridical mind by virtue of his solid formation, he understood well that it would not be possible to apply a kind of free examination to the liturgy, because this would authorize anyone to adopt any rite, but at the same time it did not escape him, as it does not escape us today, the subversive character of the conciliar reform, deliberately open to derogations ad experimentum, to infinity ad libitum, under the pretext of rediscovering a presumed original purity after centuries of ritual sedimentation. Precisely for this reason, Archbishop Lefebvre decided to return to the less compromised rite, that of 1962, perhaps without grasping some controversial aspects of the reforms of Pacelli and Roncalli that only an expert liturgist would have grasped, especially in those convulsive years of the 1970s. On the other hand, let us not forget that the Renouveau liturgique began in France much earlier than in Italy, and that many innovations that later became the norm of the universal church works were tried out in French dioceses as early as the 1920s, starting with the use of Gothic vestments and the altar versus populum, always in the name of that archaeologism that would have erased at a stroke a whole millennium of church life. I imagine that in the eyes of the Italian prelate celebrating Cordum Populo with a medieval chasuble, seemed an extravagance, while for a French archbishop it was already an accepted custom, and in a certain way even encouraged. We must also understand, and I hear I th think I have expressed myself at length, that the men's of the reform that began at the local level long before Pius XII and then spread progressively throughout the church Catholic world is completely illegal. Its creators used the authority of the legislator to impose with the force of law a right that was to be anything but a slavish application of the liturgical text. The Missal was no longer to contain the text that the celebrant was to recite faithfully, but a kind of canvas that authorized the worst eccentricities and insinuated in the ecclesial body an inexorable loss of the sense of the sacred. This is not yet visible in the Ordo Hebdomede Sancti Institutus, or in the Missal of John the Twenty-Third, but the principle of the perpetual mutability of the rite in its causal actualization, together with the erroneous persuasion that it has been corrupted by the passage of centuries, and that, as such, it needs to be quote-unquote stripped of superfetations, while instead it is the result of a harmonious development given by circumstances, time and place, was already in place, and certainly Roncalli's modification of the Roman canon with the insertion of the name of St. Joseph went in the same direction, touching even the most ancient and sacred prayer of the Holy Sacrifice. I conclude with an observation. Many communities that avail themselves of the modu proprio Samorum Pontificum celebrated the rites of Holy Week, following the Missal prior to the reform of Pius XII. The Ecclesia Dei Commission itself has authorized this derogation, considering legitimate the reasons given by those who have requested it. I do not see then why the fraternity, which has been in the vanguard of the custody of the traditional Mass in much more difficult times, cannot do the same. Certainly when the Church finds herself again, all this will have to be brought to the level of law, a law which, we may hope, will wisely take into account the critical points raised. I hope that these considerations of mine may of, be of some help to the Reverend Abbot, and I am grateful for this opportunity to impart to all of you, dear friends, my paternal blessing. Signed, Carlo Maria Viganò, Archbishop. So what did you think of that letter? I know it may have been pretty technical at times, but the reform of the liturgy is how we got to a place where there is just widespread lack of belief in the real presence of the Eucharist. 
the real presence of our blessed Lord in the Eucharist. It's a core Catholic dogma. But remember the ancient law of the church, how we worship, how we pray, is how we believe. It is something to remember. And is why the liturgical debates are not something to be dismissed, you know, with just a simple, well, the Novus Ordo is valid. Very few people actually say that the Novus Ordo is not valid. We're getting to a deeper question here, and that is, what is the purpose of the, the liturgy? And how does the liturgy instruct us in the faith? And when you really examine those questions, you get to a real critical question. And that is, what should the liturgy be in the church? And I hope Vigano helped really illustrate some of the traditional positions on these because he does a pretty good job of illustrating that, I think. But what I think doesn't matter that much in this. Let me know what you think in the comments below and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.